Hi, this is John Gibbons, better known as Gibby, and welcome to Red, White, and Blue Jays. I traveled all the way over here to Great Britain, the motherland, just for this show. So if I look a little tired, you'll know why. <laughs> Swing and a drive. Welcome to Red, White, and Blue Jays, the podcast home of Blue Jays Fans UK, a group connecting Blue Jays fans around the UK and beyond and telling their stories. And now, here's the host of Red, White, and Blue Jays, Steve Hunter. Hi, guys. Welcome to another episode of Red, White, and Blue Jays. And a massive warm welcome to today's guest. I still can't quite believe that I'm about to introduce to you the amazing former manager, the skip, the one and only John Gibbons. Gibby, thank you so much for spending some time. Hey, I, hey I'm glad to do it. You know, I've always always wanted to go to Europe. I haven't been there yet, so uh, let's pretend like I'm uh, sitting right across from you. It's funny enough, I put out on Twitter yesterday that I was going to be chatting with you. And uh, I've done that with a f- some of my former guests. I've had people like Shai Davidi and, and Mike Wilner have come on and uh, Ricky Romero and, you know, some other guys. Okay, good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we've had, we've had some, some good guests and uh, I normally just, just get a bit of feedback in terms of, uh, you know, some questions that people ask and, and I get a few back. Put it out yesterday. I literally have got hundreds of questions that people want to ask you. And I think awesome. that just just shows you know the love that people have for you john and uh and you know I, I just... it's, you know it's amazing really how this is kind of uh you know of course you know i, I spent two two terms at the, in, in toronto you know i get uh, hired for and then got fired and then they brought me back and the, the first go around was totally different you know people didn't really know me the team wasn't very good uh i was tied in with the general manager jp richard and he and he was kind of, you know, I mean, he wasn't viewed great there. You know, he was a brash New Englander, right? And so he come back the second round, Alex Anthopoulos, you know, Boy Wonders there, and he brings me back. And we had always been very close and made friends. And it didn't start off real well. I thought, you're crazy to bring me back because I wasn't that popular. And then slowly things developed, and all of a sudden we caught fire. And it's like, it's a whole different thing. Now, people, you know, I mean, it, it, that's the nature of the beast. Everybody loves a winner. Everybody associated with it. But I think it's more than that. I, I think... People got to know me a little better. They understood. Uh, uh, I try to be genuine. You know, I'm not not a politician, so I kind of shoot it straight like most Canadians do, you know. And um, and that's kind of how it all started, really. And it's been it's been it's been wonderful because after that first go round, I'm going. That's why I was a little hesitant to come back that second time. So really, they didn't, you know, they, they yeah. weren't real, you know, fond of me. But that's how things can change. But there's yeah. no question winning helps everything, right? I, I, absolutely. And uh, I, I remember you know, some of the sort of social media stuff in terms of, you know, fire Gibby, fire Gibby, and then, you know, Gibby the best. It's, it changes in a moment, doesn't it? And I, and I think, I think one thing that has changed in a moment is that you are now on social media and it's just incredible that, and that's how we've managed to connect, uh, which is extraordinary because I never thought to be honest that you would ever do that. So, so what was the... you or me? I didn't need... <laughs> So, so what's the thinking? Because you came on Twitter and then, oh, you're on Instagram as well. Right. I mean, well, you know, and people say, uh, I'm not having a midlife crisis by any means. <laughs> but what happened at the end of the uh, 18, when I was cut loose, fired, whatever you want to call it, it's all of those things. A couple of the reporters, really good ones and writers, they asked me if, if I ever wrote a book, then they'd, they'd love to write it. And I said, a book? Nobody's going to read that. I, you know, I don't, you know, whatever. So anyway, that kind of died. I thought that's not going to happen. So anyway, uh, one thing led to another. It's, it's a long story, but I'm just eventually the people approached me about writing a book, and I thought, you know what, I'll have a little fun with it. And uh, and then they said, well, well let's, let's do a podcast, talk a little bit about baseball, because there's not a whole lot of managers, if any, I don't think, out there doing it. So anyway, the people put it all together, say, listen, you, are you on social media? I said, no. <laughs> they said, well, you, you, to get any kind of sponsorship or anything like that, you need to be on social media and because uh, they want to see proof and all that. I'm thinking – well, so so that's kind of how it all started. It wasn't necessarily by I kind of like the hybrid and they disappeared a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it was necessary. And that's that's how it all that's how, how it's all started. It's kind of been overwhelming. I have to have my kids have all my kids help me and things like that. But it's been kind of cool, though, too. Brilliant. I, well, I think the world has set on fire with since you've come on uh, on social media. And actually, one of the people 
asking me question is when when's Gibby going to get the blue tick of approval next to his name so we know it's absolutely genuine because <laughs> I, I, well, you know, I had to take a second take when I first saw it to be honest oh yeah yeah I think everybody did but yeah it, that's in the works I guess you know uh my daughter's been helping me out and another gentleman that's going to be my partner on the podcast and I think you know they uh applied for it and they said it takes a week 10 days something like that to get it so it's it's not like it's automatic you know it's and, coming. and you call in to get it done it's all it's at uh you can't talk to a live individual. It's all automated things. So it's been, uh, it's been kind of a pain, but it, that should be coming. Yeah, I understand that because I've tried to track down some old buddies that played for me. And I'm thinking, is, and I've had to text them, is this a real you? <laughs> it's real, yeah, but absolutely. it's the real me. Yeah, here you are. And we're yeah. very, very grateful for it. So in terms of just understanding the UK, obviously, I, I don't know how much you know about in terms of Blue Jay support that's over this side of the pond, but there is a, a massive amount of Jays fans here in the UK. And I think a lot of, a lot of it is because of the relationship between the UK and Canada, particularly. Uh, I think also a number of us have done vacations out to Toronto and stuff. Were you ever aware of, of sort of a wider audience than what you saw at the ballpark? A little bit, not, 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 not completely, but you know, uh, you know, it, and the people kind of related to what, uh, you know, there's one major league team in this, this big old country of Canada, right? And, and, and that naturally, there, like you said, the connection between Great Britain and, and Canada. Uh, and so, they, so it, made, it made a lot of sense, you know, and I thought, you know, because we, we, we won that whole that country over, you know, I mean, that, that's they've always been um, fans of the Blue Jays. And it only made sense that the, the, with the connection, there's got to be fans uh, over in over in Europe, you know, especially Great Britain. And, and, uh, and, and so they kind of monopolize it. And, and uh, plus, when I look at the uh, the the you know, the currency and everything like that. You know, I think the picture of the Queens on there. So the, yep. there's got to be fans over there, right? <laughs> totally. Lo- loads of us. And uh, I, I think, you know, we've all got different memories, different stories uh, of of games we've been to, things that we remember, you know, first games and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and it was great over the weekend celebrating the 92 right. uh, World Series. It was obviously two years before I first saw the Jays, but of course a lot of the players were, were the first players that I saw in, in 94. So we've all got all got different memories and, and loads of memories about you and and how you manage the team. Perhaps we can dive back into some of those moments. I mean, it goes without saying that I'd love to just get inside what happened, particularly in game five in 2015. Uh, extraordinary series. Jay's obviously lost a couple of games at home. Go down to Texas, get those two games back. Coming back to Toronto, what where were you at in terms of expectation? Did you did you th- believe that this was this was the moment uh, going into that game? I mean, wh- where what was your mindset for that game five of twenty fifteen? Well, you, well, you, you, everybody knows what happened. You know, we, we sure. made some great trades at the trade deadline, and we just caught fire. We just took off, and now there's no stopping us. You know, and and so we get into the postseason, we're planning on winning it all. You know, I mean, that, you know, David Price, Tulowitzki, a lot of, a lot of guys were at it. Right. And then, uh, of course it all starts, you know, and, and not only that, you know, what is it? 23 years, you know, you talk about 94, you started watching after the 92 and 93, the world championship seasons, then it was lean man, for up until 15, nothing happened. Right. And you know, what's pretty amazing that people would always tell me when I first started out there as a coach and then as a manager, if you guys are legit, come August and September and the fans, you know, think you're in it. You watch what happens here. They're going to come out in droves in the sport. And he said, they're, they're, they're tired of being sold a bill of goods that the team's going to be competitive because that wasn't the case. So anyway, so sure enough, this, this, I mean, this is what's happening. I mean, it's, a, it's unbelievable. So now we go into the playoffs. I think everybody thought we were going to run roughshod over the rest of the league. And, and, um, but, the, but, you know, short three-game series, we dropped the first two at home where we were really good at home, you know, and it, it, I think it kind of stunned everybody. But, you know, I'm a very confident guy. I don't – I never panic. Uh, and the players – that group was the same way. I, I never sent, sensed any doubt. So, um, it was funny. Joe Torrey, the great manager of the Yankees, and, you know, played all those years, he called me before when we went down to Texas. And he says, hey, I've been there. We've done that. Don't, don't you worry about a thing, which was kind of cool, you know, and he worked for the league at the time. But I knew that already, you know, and, and, and the great part was we're heading down to Texas where I live, and we'd always play good good there, you know, and I thought, you know, we're, 
we'll snap out of this thing. But we got to win three straight. So we go down there and we, um, you know, we went, win the first two. And it's okay. You know, now, now they're shocked. And now, and now there's not much regrouping for them, you know. Um, but what's interesting about now, now came, you know, the, the big dilemma, even, even though we played really well, the big dilemma now was, and you we hear about all the time, who's going to pitch game five, right? And, and to lay that all out for you, you know, Brett Cecil, one of the best relievers in baseball at the, at the time, arguably, you know, top two or three, you know, that first game in the playoffs against Texas, he, he blew out his calf, right? So that was a big blow to us. We, we needed him, right? And, and, then, and then our other left-handed, Aaron Luke, does, had to spend some time in the hospital with his wife who had complications uh, when she was pregnant. So now we have no left-hander, right? So anyway, so David Price, it, you know, pitched, pitched his game. He came, comes to me, said, listen, we, I know we need a lefty. I'm good. If you need me out of the bullpen, use me, right? I said, what, you know, team player. You know, this guy's going to be a free agent. He didn't have to do this, what have you. Um, so anyway, so, that, okay, I feel much better about that. Everybody's on board. So we go into that first game down in Texas, and we get him up in the bullpen, right? This guy's been starting. He's over 200 innings every year. I'm trying to make this short because we're trying to find a starter for game five, right? So anyway, so I go to him the Sunday morning. We win that game. And, and I said, listen, you know, we get, you were up in the bullpen last night. If I, if I get you up today, you're in the game no matter what, right? So we, the situation came even with a nice lead. He, he gets into the game. So he, you know what, he pitched a he, he helped us win that game four, but that puts him out for game five, right? And so, you know, we're gonna we're gonna lean on Stroman. Stroman's been the you know the big, pitched in a lot of big games and has already stepped up in this playoff. So, so now the big controversy. Well, you gonna well you did that on purpose. And Price went after pitch because he's never won a game as a starter. No, that wasn't true. We're trying to win that the game those two games before. So anyway, naturally it, it fell in Stroman's hand, but it was kind of a like you know kind of it was kind of like a conspiracy theory. Anyway, so we go into that game. We're feeling good, you know, and we're, and we're at home. We knew we were, even though we lost two, we, you know, what, we're really good at home. And of course, the games game starts off, and it, uh, you know, t- two both pitchers throwing really well. And then that infamous play, you know, where uh, Odor, our, our the the bad guy, is on third base, and Russell Martin, you know, he throws that ball back to Mount hits Chew's bat, and it's like, you know, I I've been a catcher my whole career, and, and I had uh, and coached long enough. I cannot remember seeing that. So I'm honestly like, well, it's, it's hits him. It's ball, dead ball, but he comes in to score. And then, then all hell broke loose, you know, and the umpires are trying to figure out, make sure they got the rule right. I didn't know it. And then the fans are living, right? They're thinking this can't be happening. They're throwing stuff. So finally they figured it out. They, they called New York and they get it right. You know, it's a live ball. So they go up, a, go up a run. Now it's going to be, but it's getting late. So no, no doubt, but you know, you, you you know you know you're down to the wire now. I mean, and they got a good pitch, pitching staff. You know we we need to we need to score one to tie that baby. But we're we're trying to win this thing. So anyway, then that then the then the inning the, the inning where it all broke loose, right? You know they had uh, they were very similar. Texas was a very similar team to us, full of power hitters. You know just uh just a good all around slug it out team with some good pitching. And they, but their their defense was probably the best. It could have been the best in in, in all of baseball in that infield, right? You know, and, and, and there's three 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 Gold Glovers. I know they make three errors, man. <laughs> Just open up, you know, some of the best players in the game. because that, that that place was so loud and you could feel yeah. your heartbeat and it was shaking. And that was I guarantee that was a part of it and the pressure of a winner take all game. But it was almost like the baseball guys were saying, you know what? Yeah. You guys are too good. You deserve this, whatever, right? I mean, and then I mean, quote- yeah. Sorry, I interrupt you because I, you remember watching it, and as we said, you know, earlier, I'm watching it at two thirty, three o'clock in the morning, whatever time it is, here, pacing around our living room, thinking we can't lose on that that play. I mean, that that, and it's just feeling this incredible sick feeling inside my stomach that that cannot be the story of of this series. Right, right. You know, it was, it was, it was turned into a fairy tale season, at, you know, and it said, no, this, this can't happen. Plus, a lot of people wouldn't have got out of that stadium alive, you know, if that is <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? So, so anyway, but everything just fell in line. The baseball gods said, you know what, this, we're going to make this real exciting. And sure enough, you know, a little hit here, a couple guys get on the errors. 
you know, that, that's part of baseball. You know what? If you don't make the de- defense wins too, right? So, you know, uh, Donaldson throws that little hit out over Odor's head. Even even the, the, the physical errors you saw there, even the little ball that Donaldson hit over Odor, Odor's head, because Odor's a really agile guy. He, he probably normally plays that, but he, he makes that. But he's going backwards and his feet get kind of tangled. And that drops in. And now it's, oh, yeah, something's happening here, right? And then the big boy, you know, Mr. Blue Jay, you know, the face of the franchise through some lean years comes to the plate. And he did what he does best, you know, and that with, with, in, in the moment, Jose is as good as anybody rising to the occasion, right? And sure enough, he did, bam. And uh, then, you, then you get, then, then the other infamous play, the bat flip. You know, the turn around the world. And, and what that was, you know, is, uh, I mean, it was, it'll be remembered forever. It's almost even, you know, it's right up there with Joe Carter's walk-off home run the World Series. But, you know, in a lot of ways, I think it's more important to people. You know, I, I think it's more, it's like there's just something about it, you know, that, uh, yeah, we didn't go on to win the World Series, but there's just something. Because, you know, the, the, the country was in love and the fans you know, with those 92 and 93 teams. But there was something about this team, the 15 team, that they really gravitated to. We, we had we had a bunch of volatile guys, um, in a way, some misfits, right? And, and uh, easy, easy guys to re- relate to. So anyway, so so I didn't even see the bad flip. I'm watching Hosey hits that ball, totally. right? And I'm watching it. I'm just watching going, blowing, you know, go, go. Anyway, then, uh, you know, sure enough, then I heard, and there it goes. I caught yeah. it, I caught it later. And of course, then the frustration on their part, and you know they think you know they thought Encarnacion was saying something to the pitcher, yeah. and uh, benches emptied, and uh, but we 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 kind of I mean we had some battles with Texas. It was, it was actually one of our rivalries. So there was there was a lot of uh, I don't say hatred is not the word, but there was a lot of uh, we didn't like each other. Put it that way. Yeah, and I then think that, uh, I think that's fair to yeah. say. And of course, that carried over into sixteen. It did, and then we met we met him again at the end, but. Uh, you know, then it unfolded, you know, our young relievers and Osuna, who, uh, you know, the young young closer, wasn't even supposed to be on the team, was supposed to be a double A to start the year. He makes the team uh, just out of, you know, out of necessity. Now he's closing out the biggest game in 25, 23 years, whatever. And it was, you know, it, I mean, it was it was really incredible. It's, it's hard to describe, you know, uh, but, but I'm telling you, it was almost meant to be. It was supposed to be that way because we were too good. I mean, they were they were they were a great team themselves, but you know what? There was just something to just. We all had that feeling, you know what? It wasn't going to end this way. Mm. Um, you know, ultimately we did not win at all, and I think that was the year we could have done it. But we got beat by a really good Kansas City team, who I had before I came back to Toronto. I was a bench coach there for three years. It's all yeah. these young kids coming up, and I knew how good they were. So, um, but yeah, I tell you what, you know, I really I I can't describe it, you know, and that just kind of solidified this team in the eyes of. Uh, Blue Jay Nation, you know, and and, um, and and me personally, you know, being the manager, you know, uh, anybody could manage that team, you know, um, and, and come out on top one way or the other, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, it was an extraordinary team, and and I think having sort of seen the in twenty thirteen, I think twenty thirteen was meant to be a big year for the Jays, and that one just didn't didn't happen. Uh, and then obviously building back into 2015, as you mentioned earlier, the, the, the trade deadline was the thing that ignited the right. nation in terms of, uh, yeah, two whiskeys coming. Oh, no. And David Price obviously was the big, was the big cherry on the cake uh, that year. But you know, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you this. You know, Dave, Dave went, went nine and one, 10 and one with us. Naturally, you, you know, if you can pick up an ace, you, you know, that's, that's huge, right? Every team needs that. But our, the, our big problem early on, you know, we went into that trade deadline basically about 500. You know, in, in the year before, we were basically the same same sta- uh, same record. I think we were a game or two out of the wild card. We were playing down in Houston. Trade deadline came around. No, nothing. We didn't do anything. I mean, because there was no money, right? And then Batista and Casey Jansen was our closer. They came out publicly and or you know, kind of ripping the team for not doing anything, right? And then we then we then we we kind of disappeared so going into that next year you know alex anthopoulos is a brilliant baseball guy you know he re- he remembered that too and, and, and so he he, kept, he saved some money you know everybody thinks well you ought to be able to go to your owners and they you know they give you whatever you want it doesn't always happen that way some places maybe but not everywhere right? 
So he kept some money aside. So in case it, we went through that again, you know, now he's got some, you know, he's got some things he can do. Sure enough, here we go. We're almost identical spot. And he had, he had saved enough money where, uh, you know, when he traded for price, whatever price was making the rest of the year prorated, you know, enough to cover that. The Tulowitzki and the uh, trade for Reyes was basically a wash. Um, and then, uh, so, so we were able to make those moves and, uh, but you know, everybody talks about price, you know, this and that, and, and no, no question. Dave was key guy, but our defense was, Reyes was getting older, right. And, 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 and busted his butt, tried hard, but he couldn't move as like he did when he was younger kid anymore. So balls would get through that infield that, that are supposed to be plays. They're supposed to be made in the big leagues. And that, that was hurting us. I don't, and we had the best offense in baseball, but you know what? Sometimes you can't overcome that. Right. And then we were also playing Matt Stairs. Uh, uh, no, it was, no, we played uh, Calabello and Matty wasn't in there. Matty was there earlier. Danny Valencia, two infielders, we played with them some in the outfield. And it's like, and you know, they, in all fairness to them, they couldn't get to certain balls. So that, so our defense was kind of holding us back still, right? But then, you know, Tulowitzki came in and cleaned that right up, and it was like a totally new team. And then we ended up getting Ben Revere, too, in left field. He made a huge difference. Yeah, he was brilliant. I love Ben Revere. Right, you know, so so uh, yeah, price was huge, but everybody overlooks the defense, um, the improvement of that, and, and um, yeah, so but it you know it was it was a it was a fun ride, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, what I look was back it? now. Sorry, know, what, it, I was gonna say what what, what it all was go? it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was a brilliant run. Uh, we we all have amazing memories of that season, particularly. What was it like actually managing lots of big personalities? You know, how, how much are you actively, you know, particularly in a, in a game like game seven, sorry, game five in that inning, you know, seventh inning, how much are you, how much are you saying, how much are you holding back? How much are you letting your players just do what they do? What's that dynamic like for a manager? Well, you know, when you get to that point in the season, you know, and then uh, they know who you are, you know, uh, uh, you know, it was a, it wasn't an easy group to manage. Let me put that way. It was a, kind of a high maintenance group because we had, I mean, it, I guess you could call them a bunch of renegades, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, there was some, some of the most, no, really some of the most disliked guys in baseball, Batista, yeah. unless he was on your own team. I mean, people, other guys around the league didn't like him because he was vocal. He, 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 uh, you know, he'd get on the cars all the time, questioning calls, uh, and he and he beat you. And if you're if you're an opponent, I mean, he beat you a lot because he was that good. So naturally, a lot of them didn't like him, right? Donaldson was the same way. You know, he wore it on his sleeve. He complained and and uh, he'd fight you if he had to. And so we had to, we had, that was kind of our and those were our two big guys. So that's kind of who we were, right? And I, I didn't mind that because uh, you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. And we're not necessarily there to make friends, you know. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't easy. It wasn't an easy group to manage because you know you got to put out some fires. You got to make you know you got to. Uh, make sure everybody's this group you didn't have they were always focused but it was it it wasn't like i mean there was always usually something always going on right yeah there's always something going on so anyway but by the time you get to the playoffs right yeah you know more so with this group right uh so you get to the playoffs and then you get to that that final final game it's basically you know what i found over over time for watching watching and and listening talking some of the better managers in history you know most of the time they just get out of the way you know it, it the you know, baseball is not a tremendous game of strategy and X's and O's like some of the other sports. It kind of lays itself out, you know, and it, you know, it kind of dig- certain times of the game kind of dictate what you're supposed to do anyway. So basically baseball, in my view, and, and a lot of other people's that respect view, you just got to hold them together, right? Get them to play every day and, and control the pitching staff, handle the pitching staff. And uh, so these, so I just wanted to make sure these guys, and look at me and think that he's panicking. Look, he's tight, man. He can't even walk, right? You know, because that, that's not who I, I am. And, and mm. you know, that's that's not going to help anything, right? You know, they're, they're the show, but but they actually look to the manager for, you know, sometimes uh, see to, to see what kind of mood he's in. And, uh, you know, yeah. I just let them do their thing, man, and just uh, got it, got out of their way. And I, and I knew, you know what, there was just something in this group. You know, you know there's no guarantees, but I knew – this, this group had something left in it. And then it go even like 16. I mean, no, no, they go on to the 15. I, I, my, I knew hundred percent we were going to come back in that 
you know, in that uh, game against Kansas City, we got eliminated. We had second and third, no outs. It's like it didn't happen that time. But you know, my my feeling and my confidence in this group never wavered. No, it's brilliant. And um, and one thing I think you're well known for is how much you stood up for your players. I spent I spent last night. I, you probably wouldn't even be aware of this, but I spent last night. I thought I'm going to look up on YouTube John Gibbons ejections from games, and uh, some somebody's put a compilation of your every ejection that you've had from a game <laughs> since 2013 to 2018. Uh, any idea how long that video is? Have you put them all together? No, you know I've glanced at it. I've never totally yeah. watched it. It's, it's all about, I know but... is I'm probably probably lucky they came up with the. Yeah, it's a replay a where, where you can question it because you know otherwise we would have got ejected a lot more you know yeah. but you, you know uh uh you know what you know the thing about that is is people ask me oh did you do that sometimes just to fire your team up no you know if, you, you know if that's if that if you feel that's got it that's gonna fire up your team you know you're not you're, i think you're a phony you know i mean it's like and people see right through that mm. mine came out of frustration and like you said a minute ago defending my guys you know because it, if you want them to fight for you, you better fight for them. Right. And, um, and most of the time they were right, but, and it's part of the game, you know, it, uh, and as you know, I told you, we've had, we had some players that complained a lot about pitches and things like that. And there's times they, you know, the, the umpire stuck it to them. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, there's no, no secret about it. Even with the, you know, the, the strike zone things, the anime strike zones you can watch now. And, and even with that, cause normally that, that, the umpires have to be on their best behavior, but still they would do it. And it was obvious. And so I can't let them get away with that, you know, and, and, uh, you know, you got to fight for them. And not only that, sometimes if the team's playing like crap, I don't want to watch the whole game. So I'm going to, I'm going to get ejected and go watch it on TV. Right. Yeah. So, so, but never was it, I, I, you know, I had to, I had to fake one and, and uh, come up with something. It was, it was, you know, a frustration or defending the guys. Yeah. And I, I wonder whether there, I mean, I don't, I didn't count them up, but there were probably some players. I don't know whether the umpires were, were harsher on them, but perhaps those who were slightly more aggressive in, in their stance anyway. So there was, there seemed to be quite a few for Brett Laurie, obviously Bastista was in there. Donaldson was in there, you know, so the guys who have got a little bit more heat tended to be in and around the storyline of when you, oh, when yeah. you got involved. So, what, hey, so the when, thing about those guys, you just mentioned, you know, Donaldson, you know, MVP in the MVP year, you know, Batista, yeah. same same type of player, right? Brett Laurie, Laurie, you know, probably had more talent than anybody, right? And he, but you know, he went to that point that those guys weren't yet. And uh, so when he complained to the umpires, you know, they, they were going to stick it to him because you know he, you know he uh, he had no cachet, man. He was, you know what he, he, you know, it's like kid, pay your dues put up the big numbers then you can complain you know uh but he was volatile he was volatile. yeah I, I knew garrett i guarantee you know uh if he's, he's having a first couple of bats of the game if, if brett gets off to a bad start it's probably going to be a long night and i might get ejected so <laughs> so what one of the questions that the guys asked is so once you've been ejected what do you do do you go and eat a bag of popcorn in the in the clubhouse and just watch the game on the tv is that is that yeah what happens? yeah just go yeah just go into the coach's office Kick back, maybe drink, uh, uh, you know, Budweiser or a little or a, a glass of wine, whatever you want. They got back there. You know, it's funny when, when we talk about Texas so so much a while ago. When um, remember we came back in '16, and you know, after Batista's bat flip, you know, they they raised hell about it, right? And, and the the uh, what's so bad about that is nobody celebrates home runs more than the Texas Rangers, you know. But now all of a sudden they're upset, right? And so anyway, so everybody think figures, well, they're going to drill him because of the bad flip. And, and so, so we go into 16 and we play him like three games at home. I don't know, it was May or June or something. They don't, they don't throw at him. Even Jose knew they were, he even told me, so you know what? They're probably going to throw at me. I'm going to just go first base. It's over with them. So, hey, all right, great. So they don't, they don't do anything. Right. So then we play another team and then we go back, right back down to Texas for three or four games set. They still don't throw at him, right? Until the very last game, his last at bat. And I thought, you got to be kidding me, man. You know, if you're, if you're man enough to do it, do it early so our team can, you know, hey, retaliate, and then, you know, it's over with. But so anyway, even, but that, that final game that we were going to play him that year in the regular season, the game that they did hit Jose, uh, early in the game, Aaron Sanchez was pitching, and I thought the umpire was bad, called balls and strikes. 
So he's he's kind of arguing with the umpires. When you're pitching your umpire, when you can tell, you know, that they're arguing, you know, it's probably not going to be good. You know, usually, the, you know, the pitchers tell them, hey, zip it, man, because they'll stick it to you. So anyway, a bad call or something. Well, well, the first base coach, Tim Leeper, had been thrown out earlier in the game for arguing or something. So I, I get, end up getting tossed a couple innings later. So I go into the, the – we're down there in Texas into the uh, manager's office. So, so uh, Tim Leeper and I were sitting around my desk. and both got our, our shoes kicked off, right? And we're watching the game on TV and uh, drinking uh, a couple of buds or something. Sure enough, TV, you know, they drill him, right? And Jose, of course, he did what he normally did. He, he said he was going to do. He went down to first base. Okay. And then, you know, the ground ball, and then here, here he goes, right? And, uh, you know, the fun, real quick before I get into the rest of that, the, the funny, the, you know, this is, that's the way baseball used to be played, right? If somebody got drilled, let's say, a hitter. He'd go, if he didn't charge him out or, you know, if it wasn't that big a deal, he'd go down to first base. And if there's a ground ball hit, their thinking is, I'm going to, I'm going to kill that shortstop or second baseman who's ever covered. And that was, and you know, the middle infielders knew that, right? So you'd see a lot of middle infields, those sidearm or, or remember how Tony Fernandez used to throw down there is, is real close to the ground. That's to make the runner that's running at you get down and get out of the way so you don't get hurt, right? Or you don't get have no any collision. So that's kind of how the middle infielders guarded against that. They would they would drop down the runners, okay, but sometimes the runners would go after them and, and knock them knock them down. But then then it was over. But that was kind of the way a guy that got drilled with a pitch retaliate and everybody knew that and then in that in players handled it themselves okay so sure enough he gets a ground ball and he comes up and uh, he comes off the bag and what you never see in baseball anyway is a punch thrown hardly right you know you get all that hugging and kissing and uh false bravado right and sure enough a door you know they say he was a boxer i don't know if he's venezuelan or uh, where he's actually from and he got jose he got him good but he stayed on his feet, man. He, he, stayed, him. he stayed on his feet. So anyway, so uh, you know, all the uh, all hell breaks loose. So Leaper and I are in the manager's office, no shoes on. Go, oh man, let's go. So we go run. We throw our shoes on. We go running out there, and uh, you know, sure, and then, you know, it turned into a pretty good, pretty good brawl. Um, and uh, so after it was over, they asked me some questions. I said, you know, basically, I said, yeah, yeah, I said, I told them through that it was gutless. You know, if you're gonna hit him. You, you had, I mean, you shouldn't have anyway, because you guys are you're worse than we are at, at celebrating. You should have done it early on. You know the base. You know, I don't. Know, it's it's funny. They call it baseball's unwritten rule, and everybody complains about. It. Well, that's part. You know, it's part about. It's like any sport. There's certain things you do and certain things you don't. Right. Um, so I said it was cow. It was gutless. What have you? And uh, uh, so so anyway, a couple of days later, they're they're handing out fines. Right. So the um, in nowadays you know if, if there's a brawl you know it's, there's a, a monetary fine and then uh, usually a suspension so i get the i get the letter from the commissioner and uh he's finding me like uh 4500 bucks four grand or something i'm going what i, I got the exact same fine that odor did through the punch i wasn't even out there you know so, <laughs> but he got me he got me for you know once somebody's been ejected from the game whether it's a player or a coach they're not allowed to return to the field if, if a fight breaks out, right? To me, that's stupid as far as the coach goes. You coach manager, you want them out there trying to break things up and policing it, right? So another kind of stupid uh, rule that baseball came up with, right? You know, I get it. The players, okay, right? But the if you want to call us authority for a team, gosh, I mean, how stupid is that? Anyway, so I get I get nailed with a big fine. I get suspended three days. And Le- Leaper got one day, and in, in, in the he didn't get his fight wasn't quite as bad. But it's like I didn't need that. I could fight as much as the guy that threw the punch, man. Yeah. And, uh, and you know what? Then so so the the commissioner's handing out all these fines, and it's like the worst thing in the world. And then like the Texas, and well, kind of kind of the way the world is now. The Texas Rangers, even like the minor league teams, are like you know promoting like you get cups, road door, and just get things or or pictures or t-shirts showing Odor hitting Batista, and everybody's capitalizing on it. We're, and then the you know the commissioner is trying to be the tough guy and, and the go. It's like no wonder we got problems in this world, right? So anyway, um, so that that was that was kind of all that. And then of course we met them at the end in uh, yeah sixteen. And uh, that's 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 how you take out your uh, frustration or you, or you get back with them swept to three straight. So we we were a thorn in the side of the Texas Rangers. Yeah, it was a great rivalry over that that particular era. 
right. fantastic fantastic to watch uh, yeah and so much drama going on in all of those games and 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 watching it i, I do remember when when you got to the post even in 2016 there was quite a few posters and memes going around about you know you might have um punched us in in may or whatever it was and but we'll knock you out in in october exactly. type stuff going it's great it was beautiful and you know it's funny though odor still playing he's in baltimore he is I'm sure yeah. you've seen him and uh I was, they were playing in toronto i don't know a couple of weeks ago i'm thinking i wonder what his reception is you know? <laughs> it's terrible yeah he did hit a big home run to beat toronto i think down in, in, in baltimore uh but i thought you know he must be getting ridden pretty hard up there in toronto yeah yeah, I think he had a bit of a rough ride from the yeah. from the crowd. Right, I've got a couple of questions I really want to want to yeah. squeeze in. Take your time. So, Scott Carson, uh, who for those listening in who may not know who he is, so Scott is in the TV booth with Buck and and Dan and the other guys, and so helps out there. So he's he said this to me. He said, "Ask Gibby if he's got a solid recipe for Serrano peppers, and tell him who's asking." He'd get a kick out of that. So there's obviously a story. There. Scotty, so, man, how Scotty know I was on here? I because oh, I put it out on Twitter. He follows me on Twitter. I know, so, but, I, but I haven't received any messages from him when it's when I got on there. So hopefully, oh, I will now. Okay, you know, you he's to... one of the good guys, man. You know, and uh, does a great job. You know, with with the the, the you know all those guys up there, and uh, uh, you know. But, uh, uh, I don't know what he's talking about the, the peppers, you know, maybe the jalapeno. I don't eat Serrano peppers. I mean, jalapenos or something. Yeah. No, he said, uh, ask him about a solid recipe for Serrano peppers. So he's obviously got something in mind there. Does he think I cook or something? I know how to, I know, uh, I, I know how to work my way around uh, to make things. <laughs> Quite possibly. Hey, I'm a, I'm a fast food King, man. <laughs> but I, did, I, did, I did, I did get remarried uh, uh, a couple years ago and, and this gal can cook. So, uh, now um, I'm a little so, bit spoiled, but yeah. I'm not cooking anything up. But you tell Scotty hello, man. Uh, I will. I will pass that on. <clears throat> okay, let's uh, let's ask a, a couple. Uh, so one of the, I think one of the most common questions I, I had was, would you ever consider going back into management? Is that something that would be on your radar? Yeah, I would love to. You know, in, in uh, yeah, you know, I after I got fired in, in eighteen. Uh, when um, remember when they had the the Astros cheating scandal, you know, where they stealing mm, the signs and yep. banging the garbage kid. So AJ Hinch, when he, he got suspended, um, actually got suspended for a year, and then uh, later that day the owner came out and fired him. Right, so so he's a buddy of mine. So when I when I saw on the uh, on the on the news that he got suspended, I sent him a text, hang in there, blah blah blah. So anyway, he. Uh, he texted, he texted, but no, actually, actually that night I was, I was heading to Atlanta, my new employer where, where I scout, where Anthopolis is the, uh, uh, running that team. And he, he called me and said, Hey, uh, would you love a shot at this job? I thought I just got fired from a buddy. I don't want to replace a buddy on these kind of circumstances. He said, don't worry. Everything's good. You know, he knows the owner pretty good. And, uh, he at least throw my name in there. So sure enough, a couple of days later, I get a call, a call from the owner for the Astros. And uh, he says, you know, you want to come down here for an interview? I said, I'd love to. You know, you know, I grew up in Texas. You know, I'm not like John Farrell. Remember John Farrell when he was, he said his dream job was the Red Sox. You know, he finally gets first time managing a team, right? Get somebody, somebody's going out of limb, giving him opportunity. And you come out and say, you're, you got a dream job somewhere else. I don't know how, I don't know how stupid you got to be, but anyway, but no, this, these weren't my dream jobs, but it was closer to home. So I went down there and uh, I thought it, I thought it really went really well. And then, of course, Dusty Baker ended up getting, he's done a great job, but, and then, but it was a couple of weeks after that, the Red Sox called because under the same investigation, because uh, uh, Alex Cora, you know, was with Houston at the time when all this was going on. He was under investigation for the same thing. Cause he went to Boston. They want it all right. So they're, they're looking into some things. So I went up there and it's, I thought that interview went too well too. You know, my mom, my mom and dad, and all my family were born and raised in Boston. And uh, so that's all my roots. Yeah, my father was military. That's how I ended up down in Texas. But so it's like Boston. You know, I wasn't like Farrell. It's my dream job. But, you know, that's where all my family was. I said, hey, man, you know, maybe I'll finish it off up here. Who knows? I can see some family, right? So I went up there, went really well. And what happens is they, they you know, they didn't, uh, nothing much happened with Cora. And uh, so they kept Ron and Renneke, uh, you know, to keep some continuity. So basically what I'm saying, that was that was uh, my interviews since, you know. Um, 
and yeah, I, I my dream, and I have a great desire to get back in there, but but uh, I haven't been able to shake anything loose. And you know, I, you know, I don't know. I I would think my rep. I think I have a good reputation in the game. I, I do. I've been kind of labeled, I think, anti-analytics, which is so far from the truth. But I mean, it's big in the game now. In uh, you know, I'm in analytics. I just don't get carried away like some of these people. You know, it's like sure. you know, I, I, can, I can think for myself. You know, I, I trust what I see. And uh, uh, so anyway, I don't know if that's hurt me, but uh, I do. Those, there'll be a couple openings this year. And, you know, the, the doors, the doors almost shut. But maybe there's a little bit crack left uh, in there. I get one more shot. But uh, um, I think we'll there's see. a I think there's a whole load of people would love to see you back in a manager's role. Uh, I think, you know, you brought so much to the game and we love, love watching you. Well, you know what, though? You know what? Though? I mean, people, you know, I, I uh, uh, how would I say this? I don't want to say a free spirit, but I'm, I'm kind of a free thinker. You know, I'm, uh, I'm uh, uh, don't play by the rules, John. No, I play, no, I, yeah, I play, by, I play by the rules, but you know, if I know, I understand I have a boss and, and everybody's got a boss and, and, and he's got the final say. But but I have my ideas on things, right? And I'm going to let you know I'm not, you know, I'm I'm you know I'm pretty firm on some of that. Uh, so so I don't know if everybody you know and nowadays to get these jobs with all the analytics and all the in the front offices being so heavily involved, it's almost like they don't want anybody to think for themselves. They they want they're hiring guys that you know right. uh, take their marching orders and do it. And uh, I mean it's, it's clearly obvious. And there's some good people, some good baseball guys, even some ex players that are doing it. So 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 who knows? Maybe, maybe I'm. Uh, Maybe now I'm the I'm the volatile one, you know. It's, I think maybe Donaldson and Batista rubbed off on me or something. <laughs> well, possibly, yeah. No, that possibly. wouldn't be all bad. No, no. I mean, but it would be great, great to see you back in. If you were, if you were able to transport anybody from our current Jays roster back into the teams you were managing, it, it, who who are you seeing today? You know, and there's some obvious names in amongst the the current roster at, at the Jays is that who would you would love to have managed in your teams well well it, it, he was getting close anyway uh obviously uh Vladdy Jr you know uh uh you know just a generational type player uh you know he uh Guerrero's just so you know he's uh you know he just can flat out here right and he's an enthusiastic guy I mean he can fit on any team you know Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that's the obvious one. Romano, uh, you know, he was coming along. I knew I knew of him when and he, he was close uh, back when I was there. I don't think anybody expected him to be a closer, you know. Right. And if they tell you they did, you know, they're lying to you. Uh, <laughs> but you you could tell you got a chance to be a good major league pitcher. But he's come on so fast. He's one of the best guys in the world. So he he would fit he would have fit in good on our team because you never have enough pitching, you know. Um, other way, he, he, otherwise you can go around that infield and that outfield. Actually, Springer, you know Springer. He's a he's a he was the MVP of the World Series with the Astros. Big game player, energetic, all that stuff. He can he can play on any team, especially one I'm in. But other than that, you know, it's it's um, Gossman's came come into his own. Uh, Gossman back then was pitching for Baltimore, and he was like a uh, enigma. Nobody could figure him out. You know, they figured mm. great great arm, but he. But, you know, it's, it's, sometimes it takes time, you know, and he finally figured it out. Now he's a star, you know. Uh, so I wouldn't trade many of them, but there's there's definitely there's definitely a, yeah, a couple a in there. Yeah. yeah. In terms of the current squad, in terms of 2022, been a streaky season. You know, we've had good runs and then really poor runs. And, and you know, just thankfully just won the last couple of games against the Cubbies just to get a bit of momentum going again. How do you see this season playing out in terms of postseason? Well, I definitely think you guys are going to get in, you know, I mean, the team's too good. And uh, mm. you know what? Uh, I, some people have asked me that question. And I, you know, I, I, I've been there. You think you got this game figured out. You think you're on a roll as a team and it's never that easy. You know, some sports you can really you physically overpower other teams, right? Baseball, you can't, you know, I mean, baseball is such, such a skill. And if, and if you're playing, you can play, well, for example, they, uh, they come back, they come off a great road trip, right? Boston, New York, the two toughest places to play, you know, Boston's having an off year, but regardless of that, it's hard to win in Fenway. It's hard to win in Yankee stadium. And they had a good road trip. And you come back and you got the angels teams been scuffling all year, but 
you know, I don't know what happened that first night. They got they got blown out pretty good. But the next next game, it's Otani. So I don't care what that team's record says. Otani's going to be a handful. Now they had Manoa going against him. You like your chances, and uh, you know, of course, they ended up obviously scoring. You know, uh, that one off of uh, Manoa, and then they opened it up later. But um, and people obviously you know the sky is falling now. You know, you can How can you lose the uh, Angels? Well, you know what. Good, just like just like the really good and great teams in, in it during the season, the bad teams have good stri- streaks too. I mean, good streaks, right? They get hot for whatever reason. And I just saw where it, so the Angels won those three, and then I think they took the first two from the Yankees out there in Anaheim before the Yankees won last night. See, so I mean, who know? Who knows? So I guess what I'm trying to say is, you you think you got it figured out sometimes, but it's 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 a roller coaster ride, you know. Um, uh, you know the, the good teams stay out of those lows. You know they don't. They're not quite in those lows as long as the lesser teams. But it's uh, and then then you know the, the, the baseball is so mental, right? That, that uh, you know if you can control your mind, if 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 you're if 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 you're tough and you can you know you can take all the shots and you can uh, take all the heat. And have confidence. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna do all right. You know, same, same thing for a team. You know, you start scuffling or you start hearing the, uh, you know, your fan base is going, "What's going on?" You know, the sky is falling. All this, you hear it. You know, and you feel it because you know you, those are the people you want to please, right? And 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 uh, and that makes it difficult. And they're human beings, and they, you know, uh, in, in individual players get hot and cold. Teams get hot and cold. You know, if you, if especially this kind, of, let's say that. Most of baseball is this way now, but the kind of the way the offenses are built, let's say especially the Blue Jays, they live and die with the home run. You know, we, we're the same way, but I mean, it, so what happens is, you know, home run hitters, that kind of that style of hitters, you know, they they, they get hot and cold, and this, the consistency is just not there. Say some of your, you know, big average hitters that, and guys, you know, that uh, line drive type hitters, there's a lot of swing and miss, right? So if these, if these, these guys cool off if enough of them in your lineup cool off at the same time you know it's it's tough now but but what everybody loves and rec and uh where they form their opinions is when everybody's hot and you just take off and there's no stopping and, and so so when things go sour it's go why can't we be that way all the time you know but that's you know it's just it's just opposite guys cool off and then it gets in your head a little bit and you, that confidence wavers a little bit and all it takes is one good game everybody exhales relaxes and uh just like you know what they're playing the Cubby. Well, everybody going in, you know, you, you come out of Boston, New York, Boston road trip, and you got, I think it's Anaheim, the Cubs, and I think maybe going to Pittsburgh, right? You know, three of the three three teams in baseball with the worst record. So you think, okay, you know, this is this is where we get fat. And you, ideally that's the case, and some and a lot of times you do, but it's never that easy, you know. And uh, but you know, as long as you're getting a good effort out of these guys. You know, if, if somebody's if, if somebody's half-assing it or going through the motions or their minds wandering, that's when the, then you got a problem. But if you get a great effort, sometimes they try too hard. You know. Yeah, I thought it was a great response from Tio in terms of he'd had a couple of you know there's the foot injury that was playing up, and then you know there was the whole debacle about him um, being put out at second base and uh, not hustling down the line. And it just looked a little bit out of sorts in a couple of the games, uh, but to see him come back yesterday, great, great catch, you know, Homer is exciting to see. And, and there was more energy I thought in the, in the team uh, over these wins and just that sense of joy again about playing. Whereas that seemed to have been sort of lost a, a few games back. Are you, are you a big fan of things like the home run jacket to, do you think that's a good addition to? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't get me started on that. You know, it's not okay. A, you know, I'm, and I'm not just speaking of the home run job. In baseball in general, right? You know, you, <laughs> some teams wearing the cowboy hats. Some guys put these guys in these cart and run them down the yep. dugout, and, and it's like, you know, I mean, I am a little bit older, but it's like, really, is that you know? Because uh, because you know what happens is it's like you. Teams are down eight, nine, ten, nothing in the late in the game. A guy hits a home run, they still do it. It's like, hey, where's our focus at? You know, I mean, really, you know, uh, uh, at least let's have some respect for the fans who paid a lot of money for these tickets to act like we're uh, we're trying here. <laughs> Serious, you know? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't like that. You know, uh, you know, the baseball is a big business now. You know, and it's in the entertainment business, mm. and, and fans love it, and the, the younger generations love it, right? So, so that, that's why they do it, but. 
I think it, it would drive me nuts. And uh, where it would really show off, though, show up to me is if, like, if we're not playing well, we're losing, especially on that particular night or whatever, I would have a problem with it and I might have to put an end to it. But yeah. it doesn't matter what I think because I'm not yeah. there, right? Well, they did have that one game. I think, if I remember, it was Springer who got a home run sort of late in the game. And yeah, the jacket didn't come out because it's just, you know, the game had gone and, and stuff. So, well, remember the big, wasn't it the big motto they put out in baseball last year, year before, something like let the boys play or something? Or remember yeah. there was a, you know, the, uh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, but yeah, let's also respect the game a little bit, <laughs> you know? Anyway, it's really? a different day and age for us old timers. Oh, uh, uh, well, absolutely. Yeah. Nothing, nothing stands still, as they say. Uh, Gibby really appreciate your time we said we'd go about half an hour and i think it's we're already up to about 50 minutes so we have well let's round well, it up to an hour you got any more i'll give you two more oh okay get, right oh yeah okay two more questions, um, we'll round it up and I, then i'll come I, back again someday yeah i would love that yeah no okay. absolutely love that um i was just thinking in terms of when charlie uh was fired uh and and john schneider came in do, do you feel that was a good appointment at that moment in time and do you, do you see that as a i know he's in as an interim manager but do you see that perhaps being extended you know it's it's uh you know it's hard for me to say not because not not and not knowing what's actually what's going on with the team and the clubhouse and all that it it's it's a probably it surprised me like probably most people because the team was you know in a playoff spot right yeah they, they've been they've been struggling they come off there i think they had a, a bad road trip out west which isn't uncommon most teams they go out west you know but Obviously, something wasn't right in, in amongst the team and in the connection with the front office or something, right? Because it's very rare that you, you replace a manager when the team's in a playoff spot. You know, when I took over in 04, we stunk, right? And that's mm. generally what happens. So, yeah, it caught, caught me off guard, but, you know, I, I've got no idea what was going on by the scenes. There's so much, a lot of times, that people have, fans have no idea, you know. GM and managers, they start butting heads over something or, mm. you know, I don't know if that's, you know, that could be the case. I, I've got no idea. If, if, uh, if players turn on you, if the wrong players turn on you a little bit, yeah, you're done. Forget it. You know? And yeah. uh, wasn't it, there's a great quote by, I think it was uh, Casey Stengel. What he said, like uh, the key, the key to managing or the key to success as a manager is something like you got to keep the, uh, uh, five guys on the team that hate you away from the five guys on the team <laughs> that are undecided, you know, that are trying to form their own pit, you know? And, it, and so, and, and nowadays, you know, they're not going to replace a player, you know, that man, that manager's out. And um, uh, so I don't know, maybe something like that. I don't know. Something was, something was off, obviously, uh, you know, and, I, and uh, I, I didn't, I met Charlie. I didn't really know him. I, I know John Schneider. He was he was coaching the system when I was over there. Good guy, good baseball guy, uh, and uh, and I, th I think I think he'll do fine. Uh, but yeah, it was, I was a little bit surprised. But you know what? That that's what happens in the sport sometimes. Yeah, it, uh, and it happens in any sport, doesn't it? Where right? Yeah, you know, we see it a lot in uh, Premier League soccer here, where managers, you know, my local side, uh, Bournemouth, they've just sacked their manager only four games into the season, haven't started. Oh, yeah, were they own four? Or... No, 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 they've won they one. Four and oh. Yeah, no, no, one and three. Uh, so yeah, so they they haven't had a great start to to the season, and and he's gone, and sport just moves on. It doesn't it doesn't stand still for for anybody. Uh, uh, yeah, the uh, game goes on with or without out as whether we can believe that or not. Yeah. So there was one thing I was going to say. We we actually have a little bit of a personal connection, which you won't be aware of. So. My last game that I actually got to see live was your very last game at Rogers Center uh, against oh, the Astros. And yeah. uh, so I was there for all the celebrations and the, the you thank go. you gibbies and all that sort of stuff. So what was that day like for you? Because I, I, I think if I remember, did you finish in Baltimore on that season? I think, you know, yeah, uh, well, yeah we played, the, we finished up there in Toronto. And then we went down to Tampa. Oh, Tampa. But in the last yeah. game of the season, I, I, I Russell Martin managed the game. I didn't even. That's it. I, I remember. I didn't even put my uniform on, man. I sat in the, my coach's office in my my civvies, man. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know what? That that was uh, uh, a really an incredible day. Uh, you know, we we had talked with the front office about you know how we we're going to approach that. You know, they they, they just it was just uh, everybody knew I was gone, right? Uh, 
they would they would have fired me, but I you know I, you know I I, uh, I had no problem leaving because I, I I've always I always felt that you know a, a new front office should get their own manager, right? I mean I think that's very important. And they inherited me, and I and we also knew that you know they couldn't do anything when they came in at fifteen, right after that season because things were going too well, you know, and uh, and then sixteen we got back in it. But you knew once the team started fading, and we were getting older as a team. They were going to make some changes, and and, uh, and and that's 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 definitely what happened. So, uh, but I but I, I left it. I, I didn't know what to expect on my last day there. You know, uh, I really didn't. Uh, you know, I, over time, I'd fallen in love with the city and the country, and um, uh, you know, I actually, my father was until he was in the U.S. Air Force. We were stationed in Goose Bay, Labrador, up on the East Coast. Ah. I played my first little league baseball game in Canada. Right. That's how my, that's wow. where I got started. Yeah. And, uh, so, so any, so anyway, so I had a connection to Canada and I, I, I love the people. I love, I love the country. Um, uh, and I, you know, and I, and I thought I, I thought it was, you know, uh, you know, I was leaving on in, uh, in, in, you know, people, I think I, people were, I was hoping we we're going to remember me as a good guy, you know, or, or, you know, did try to do things right. And in my reception in that last day was unbelievable. You know, it, uh, every, every time I went to the mound, you know, they cheered. Yeah. And the yeah. funny thing is, funny thing is it was a, that last game, it was like a bullpen day. Right. So we're going to, no telling, we were going to have to use at least five, six pitchers. Right. So I'm thinking, well, if every time we go to the mound, they're going to be <laughs> going crazy. I said, they're going to think I'm doing this intentionally just so I can go out there. <laughs> So, uh, but you know, the funnest, the funnest thing, the thing I remember most about that day, you know, the, the great reception and everything like that. Uh, we brought up a kid named John Birdie. who's playing for the Florida Marlins now, right? Doing a great job down in Florida. He'd been, a, been in our minor league system forever and had like four or five concussions. Uh, and he, he wasn't viewed as a big prospect, but he was like an MVP on every team he was on because he was just a good baseball player and a, an even better individual. Right. But he wasn't, he wasn't one of those fair hair boys of the future of the franchise type thing. And so he wasn't on the roster. So they couldn't, they, it would have been tough to bring him up in a lot of circumstances, but there was also some times they could have, but well, you know what? He's, he's a journeyman. He's older, you know, really. And that, and that I hated that, right? Because I knew what this kid was about. I knew the guys he had played for in the minor leagues. I said, if you can never get this guy on your team, you'll love him, right? So anyway, something happened. This is September, you know, you get to expand the rosters anyway. So you can, you know, you can have 40 guys, right? And we're going down to the last week of the season. Something happened where we needed a body, believe it or not. And so I told him in front of us, I said, hey, let's uh, let's bring Birdie up. And they were, they were kind of, you know, yeah, well, but something fell in line where almost we had to. I said, I mean, come on, if there's ever a time to do the right thing, this is it, right? This guy's been great to the organization. Whether he makes it or not, you may want him to you, you're gonna want him to do something with you. And you know what? Now he can tell everybody he knows he made it to the big leagues. You know, he deserved it. Now he finally can say, you know what? And he can answer some questions. So they bring him up and I said, regardless of what the front office is, I'm gonna play him every stinking game here on out. You know, I, you know, the guy's been waiting, he's been tremendous. I don't even remember if somebody was hurt at second base or what. So he gets in there and, you know, he, he did a great job anyway. Uh, so, but my point of that last day of the season, I go out to the mound and make a pitching change. And, you know, the players, a lot of times they'll come to the mound, they're standing around there. And I look over and everything, every time I go out to the, do something on the, the uh, big video board, right, to put my fixed picture up there. And uh, so John Birdie standing over there on the side of the mound. And I look at it, come here, man, man. And so, so he comes up on the top of the match, stand on the rubber, like right next to me, right? And put bar, and I said, look up there at the board. And so that so that he can get it, you know, he can, he can get up on the board just with me. And I said, just just to salute the kid, you know? Yeah. And uh and that's that was my actually favorite time of the of the whole day because you know what the this kid uh, got to start. You know what? Now he's now he's doing a heck of a job for Florida when nobody thought he probably was even gonna make it, you know. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. but it was a great day, great day. And then of course we finished down in Tampa and it was you know, a lot, of, a lot of goodbyes. You know, play all the players would stop in. Uh, you know, during that uh, mm. the final three games, you know, sitting around in BS and in the, uh, you know, we. Yeah, have you been back to Toronto at all since since you left? Have you been to any games at all? Uh, no games. You know, in in nineteen. Yeah, it was nineteen. I went up there and did like three or four banquets, right? Uh. You know, the East Coast, West Coast, you know, in, in, in Toronto there. 
and I loved it, man. It was like, uh, it was a you know, wonderful thing, you know, and I get up there and question and answer, what have you. But, uh, hey, how, how cold does it get there in the UK? Is it, uh, is it really, really cold? Yeah, not not like Canada, not even close. Uh, yeah, so we would be cold. It's probably more it, like the US, probably. Yeah, so here, it's particularly where I am, because I'm on the south coast, uh, if we got down to minus five, you know, okay. that, that would be... Because the reason uh, I'm asking, because so they say, okay, you... I got a blank bank what I'm going to go do in, in uh, Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, right? Oh, great. <laughs> out there in the prairie, right? I'd never been there. You know, I, I knew on the map where it was, and there wasn't a whole lot out there. So I fly in there. Jamie Campbell, and he's doing it with me. So we we, we, uh, we uh, hop on a plane and go out there. It's 50 below zero. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. It's 50 <laughs> below. It was, and the, so we get there, and it, it was at this little hotel, like uh, almost like this little inn. So we get up the morning of the thing, and, and then we ask the guy working at the uh, desk, is there any place to get anything breakfast around here? He said, yeah, there's, right down the street there is a place. So we go out and walk. It's about only about 100 yards, and the, the wind's whipping. I'm, you know, I had a big park on, you know, at least I was ready. I cannot believe how cold it was. But uh, every time somebody asks me about it, have you ever been back to Toronto or banquets, and that thought always comes up. 50 below people think no way you're crazy i said well uh, and then people you talk about some tough people man they live out that you know oh, 50 yeah. below is rare but it's cold man crazy stuff uh you're obviously very well loved great to hear hear those stories gibby thank you so much i i can't say how how grateful i am to spend a bit of time hey, i gotta say you. one thing though you know we talk, of course it, it, has been, it, 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 it has been wonderful but i tell people all the time it's like it's like a funeral right have you ever been to a funeral and you and the, the guy that died gets a terrible eulogy? No, everybody says what a great guy he was. There's some people that the people in the audience go, "That guy was an idiot, man. I'm glad he's gone." But then they said they go up there shower with praise. I say maybe this is like a funeral. Oh <laughs> man, not at all. Uh, hopefully not. Hopefully no, not. Nobody, nobody's ever de described the pod as a funeral, but you know, maybe maybe there's some reality there. Uh, <laughs> So just um just tell us what what's your pod going to be called it uh the gibby show oh the gibby show okay that's nice and simple uh excellent you said, oh, oh oh no oh you said the podcast oh you said yeah your book? podcast what's your podcast oh, going to be called the, the the gibby show and then uh the book's gonna be called gibby how appropriate huh brilliant brilliant <laughs> hey i've been known as a simple dude <laughs> i guess we'll keep that simple too right absolutely There's no confusion <laughs> totally yeah absolutely keep it keep it all the same um thank you so much for your time hope you've enjoyed it if you ever do fancy coming to europe please let us know love to to see you and have a beer with you or whatever and show you some of the i do want to travel i do want to travel yeah. overseas and my wife does too she's never been over there so you, you never know you know i got to i love the accents in great britain right yeah I don't. I don't. I, I hope people that are that are watching this they can understand me at all because very few people can where I'm from. No, so we can understand going, you because you guys are. I mean, you guys got you guys got that language down to T, and it's proper and it sounds great. Where I come from, you know, <laughs> the South is like we we understand each other, but it's like illiterate, you know. So people going, what did he just say? What did he, they say? If they're saying, what did he say? What did he say? Well, you know, I hear yeah. it all the time. So don't don't feel bad. Uh, not not at all. If you, I've got some uh, friends, Jay's fans, who are up in Scotland, and uh, you know, the Scottish accent again is very different to to what we sound like in England. And uh, you know, it's hard sometimes understanding a, a Scottish accent. Uh, so yeah, totally totally get it. Anyway, Gibby, thank well, you, you guys, so much. Hey, you guys, you guys sound really smart, though. I will tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we we could put on a front certainly <laughs> Thank, thanks for your time it's been so cool chatting to you we wish you well with whatever you're going to do next obviously with the pod and the book particularly but uh you know whatever happens down the road for you got our thoughts and uh much love to you and your family hey thank you you know i, I really enjoyed this i'd love to do it again you know we'll get my my show kicked off and then uh yeah. do this down the road and i can't thank you enough for getting me on here you know with um uh you know, you know, I, I, you know, I didn't know what to expect, but it's, it's a great show. Great, you, you know, you're very knowledgeable and in, in, uh, you're a true fan, you know, and, and, uh, and it's, it's it's glad I can share it with some some folks over the uh, over yeah. the ocean. So, but I, and I appreciate that. Uh, I really do. Well, been great chatting with you. It's amazing to hear your your side of the story of the memories that you have helped 
make for for fans like us and uh, we're very grateful for that so yeah we'd love to have you back again at some point and uh, chat a little bit more chat chat <laughs> chat yeah chat absolutely you well say between. you say chat you say chat we say bullshit and on that night guys thanks for tuning in we'll catch you soon the red white and blue jays podcast is a production of blue jays fans uk if you've got a blue jays story to share let us know email us at blue jays fans uk at gmail.com and follow along on twitter and instagram at Blue Jays Fans UK. I'm your announcer, Jim Langton. Thanks for listening. <laughs>